to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE is a catalyst for change in the engineering industry, and one of the biggest ways we inspire that change is through our annual SWE conference for women engineers and technologists. This year's conference, WE21 in Indianapolis, Indiana, will help attendees at all ages and stages learn, connect, and grow. Join us for three days of networking and relationship building, over 250 professional development sessions, three inspirational keynotes, and a career fair featuring more than 300 exhibitors. Let's aspire to inspire at WE21, October 21st through the 23rd. Head to we21.swe.org for more info and to register. Hi, I'm Rachel Morford, President of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. I'm joined today by Amanda Fennell, who is the Chief Security Officer and Chief Information Officer for Relativity, a legal and compliance tech company. Prior to joining Relativity, Amanda served as the Global Head of Cyber Response and Digital Forensics at Zurich Insurance Company. Thanks for joining us today, Amanda. Thanks so much for having me, Rachel. So let's just jump right in. I have quite a few questions for you. The pandemic has changed things for a lot of companies and maybe made them think about data protection more than ever, given so many remote workers. How has Relativity really embraced remote work during the pandemic? Well, so this is a subject that's a little near and dear to my heart because I was already remote. So I was like one of the few executives that was remote whenever this occurred. And I got to say, it made me, I don't want to say like it made me the happiest, but a slightly happier employee to realize that, you know, the rest of the people realize we can work from anywhere. So we're pretty flexible. Our working from home policy was flexible before, but we trust our employees to get their work done wherever that might be. So sometimes that's in the office, not this past year and a half. Most of the times it's wherever you're most productive and comfortable but yeah, I'm in, I'm in New Orleans and our headquarters in the U.S. is in Chicago. So we, we just connect very often, a biweekly basis, company-wide, every Monday morning stand-ups for the teams, things like that. And yeah, my biggest role is really just making sure that everybody does connect from anywhere in a secure fashion. And you mentioned that you've been remote for a while. Has your perception of work-life balance changed since you started to work remote or possibly even more so in the last 18 months? I think the last 18 months did shift something for me. And I thought a lot about this term, uh, work-life balance. And I found out that this had come out actually in the 80s um, in the UK at the time for women's liberation movement. And the term work slash life balance can be problematic because it doesn't really work in COVID. You know, in this time, we've realized particularly women, you know, this shift to, okay, I work these hours and then I close my laptop and I go and I deal with the kids and so on it doesn't work that way. And I think the pandemic has further reinforced that. So it's clear that, you know, it's not working when we approach everything like work slash life and, and that dynamic of how to separate it. So I did this last 18 months, I did all this like soul searching and thinking about this. And I've learned to just embrace this a little bit more with work-life grace just acknowledging that a cat is going to meow and get in my lap in the middle of a meeting 
that my kids might go by and so on and not being embarrassed by that and acknowledging that, you know, it's not nine to five. And, and I think that's changed for me during COVID. I was going to say, I think that your cat getting on your lap and meowing in the middle of this is an excellent example. Can you help our listeners really think more about that definition of work slash life grace? Yeah, I've done a lot of thinking about defining this because that's the first thing people are like, well, what does that mean? You know, if you're going to change it up and, you know, put something different, but it's just acknowledging that parts of your work will seep into parts of your personal life and vice versa. And that's okay. If I have to take a call at two o'clock in the morning for somebody who's got, you know, a crash server, that'll happen. And if I'm late to a meeting because my kid has a temperature or something, then then so be it. But acknowledging that as a fully functioning person who wants to give 100, you know, 110%, I can be fulfilled doing both of those. It shouldn't be so split like right now I'm in mom mode, right now I'm in wife mode or something or sister mode. And other times I'm at work mode. It, it's not. The part that makes me me is all of those things put together. So I think, and then two of the ways we kind of stress that at relativity specifically, because I think you could hear the term and say like, what does that mean? Who, who knows what that really means? To be super tactical, there's things like meeting culture. We'd put like five and 10 minute gaps in for breaks, making sure that people have that ability to, to switch gears in their mind if they need to. Scheduling, being cognizant of people who work on different time zones, geographies, and requesting things like audio only and saying, Hey, this meeting can be done audio only. You don't have to be zoom fatigued and so on. Those are all like little things that we do to be tactical about it. And those are all excellent suggestions for anyone who has been working virtually for the past 18 months or, or beyond really. I know that a lot of our SWE volunteers have utilized some of those same suggestions. So thanks for sharing. Awesome. So I know it can be very difficult as a working woman, especially one in a leadership role, to find a healthy work-slash-life balance, or in this case, to have healthy work-slash-life grace. What do you do to unwind and disconnect from your professional responsibilities? <laughs> this is funny because my husband is really into cybersecurity. So he's always putting on things on TV, like to watch. And he's like, okay, watch this, watch this. And I'm like, I don't want to watch this. Like when I'm not working, that's not what I want to spend my time doing. I already deal with that like all the time. So I have a lot of hobbies and passions, but I bring those into my work and vice versa. So uh, it kind of, they seep between the two and they move pretty fluidly around each other. So I'm into, you know, archery or reading. Um, I'm, I'm in a culinary institute, you know, lots of different activities that we do in our personal life at my team, we have brought into our team dynamic. So we do like the happy hour that, you know, is a cooking happy hour or something. And the podcast and stuff that we have, we bring those favorite passions and bring that into work. And we kind of try to find how they work together and make them more fluid. So that's kind of the, the focus on being fluid and bringing those two together. I, I really appreciate it when people do that. Cause I think you get to see all sides of somebody when you see when they're passionate about something. I actually... I do that for a mentorship thing that when I'm working with somebody, I always make them do a presentation on something they're super passionate about because I want to see what they look like when they're passionate. So like I saw somebody who did one on like tiny home living. And after she was done, I was like, stop. Everything you just did, amazing. Can you just do that at work? (laughs) So you just got to bring that personal passion of whatever you've got outside and bring it in. That is a really fascinating idea. Do you rotate amongst team members in terms of them bringing their passion project in, in addition to 
the mentoring experience that you described. I'm trying to imagine what this looks like in yeah, team yeah. meetings. It's just so a lot of introverts. And so we don't, we don't do forced fun on anybody, right? We don't, we don't volunteer anybody. Right. And so it's, it is very much that we give people a volunteer basis of like, do you have an interest in bringing something? And you'd be surprised that as trust and vulnerability is built up over time with a team culture, the more open they are to doing those things. So we, we actually have no shortage of people volunteering to bring those things in. We've had, you know, sessions where we had one of the team members in Poland teach us how to do a Polish whiskey sour because he was really into bartending and different things that I think that in COVID, a lot of people have outsourced those things to companies like let's do a team happy hour or a team magician or whatever activity as a team building. And I say, why outsource it when we have those talents and passions within the team? So yeah, we rotate them. That's wonderful and really encouraging of bringing your whole self to work, which is something I know a lot of SWE members are extremely passionate about. So thank you for sharing. Speaking of that, you also run the Security Sandbox podcast for Relativity. You had mentioned your podcast earlier in the show, but not by name. And you state the importance of curiosity and passion as the means to strong security. Those are also very important traits in STEM education. One thing I find very interesting about the security sandbox is that you make data protection extremely accessible by tying it to everyday non-security related topics. Talk a little bit about how the concept for this podcast came about. (laughs) This is not a great answer. I'm going to be really just tell you the honest truth. I was in a one-on-one with my boss and he said, you're really great at like, you know, when you get excited about a certain topic and talking about it. But, you know, why don't you tap into something where that could be more accessible to people outside of the company? And a podcast came from that. And originally, I wasn't supposed to be the host. We actually had other people on the team who were going to host it. And it just kind of... I remember looking at the content when we were getting ready to launch it and start recording. And I was like, oh, this is like the same security topics and information that everybody else is doing. And it was really boring. (laughs) So I was like, can we do something a little weird? We have a lot of really interesting things. I think they're interesting that the team has in common, like just just random passions that can come up, you know, like the aforementioned cooking or something. Krav Maga was one of them. You know, we did an episode on that. I actually have done Krav Maga as has one of our other engineers on the team. And we had bonded over it one time at a team event that we both had done Krav. So we did a session together, movies, things like that. Lucasfilm, we had somebody on from and things like that. Obviously, I'm a huge Star Wars person. So those kind of different dialogues and stuff came together that we naturally have these uh, when we get together and hang out even virtually on Zoom. And I was like, wow, this is what a podcast could totally be. We could just get together and talk about our favorite passions and how they relate to security. And that was it. That's a very cool story. And I imagine is something that relating it back to what you earlier said about bringing your passions to work and and pulling in expertise from internal to your company rather than outsourcing it. What a great way to synergize all of those things in your podcast. Is there a way for our listeners to follow along with some of the things that you're doing? For sure. Uh, Yeah, we got to make sure it's available. So it is available on Apple Podcasts, wherever else you might get your podcasts. We definitely want people to subscribe. We wanted to get those five-star reviews if people feel that they are compelled to give us five stars. But additionally, you can find the full transcripts of all episodes on relativity.com. Simply just search security sandbox and it, it shows up. And 
that's kind of the whole point was you know, the concept of security sandboxes that when you have something really creative and weird in security, you put it in a sandbox to see what happens. And that's what we've done here. We've just put some weird concepts together to see how they worked out. I get, I think that's such an interesting concept and definitely relates to STEM education. And I think is very applicable for all of our listeners as they are working in STEM careers. If there's any one piece of advice that you could give to current engineers who would like to move up the leadership ranks, what would it be? Well, you know, I do get this often that people would say, what would you tell someone if you, if you could go back and tell yourself something and so on. But, you know, a lot of times people say, be your authentic self. And I've learned to realize that's not true because early on in my career, I couldn't be my authentic self because I didn't know who I was. And I certainly didn't know what I was doing. And I don't think you can be as authentic as you want to be when you first don't know who you are or second, don't have that cachet. And I needed time to really get you know, my feet under me and to understand what I was doing and contributing and what I had to give. So now if I were to look back and give advice to myself or to someone else who's moving up in this, in this area, it's probably just to really relish that curiosity and in both your work and your future career aspirations, just really lean in that area of curiosity. I had started in archaeology and my curiosity quickly realized that it was about finding, I was nosy, and it was really about like finding out what had happened, you know, whenever something had taken place. And I you know, extrapolated that into digital forensics. And that was where I found my calling was that it was the same fundamental skill. I was curious about what had happened. And curiosity can come across as passion. So I just would reiterate this importance of not compartmentalizing your work as a certain time of your day that you get unhappy or stressed because you're really propagating that for the people around you and children or spouses and, and loved ones. But accept and just understand this is just an integral part of life. This is what we all do. We work and we want to be happy when we do it. So be curious. That's what I would say. That is fantastic advice and relates very well to our FY21 theme, which was practice curiosity. So I can hear a lot of that same sentiment in what you just what you just provided as advice to all of our listeners. Speaking about passions and switching gears slightly, I understand that one of yours is whitewater rafting and that you've shot the rapids in Uganda, which just sounds incredible. Can you tell is us that, about is that, that experience? slightly shifting gears? That's like dramatically <laughs> Dramatically gears. switching yes. gears. Yes. yes, switching gears. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I will say that nobody, it's in my bio, like online and stuff on my company bio, but because they say like, what's something unique or different about, you know, something you might've experienced. And it's in there. Nobody's ever asked me about it, by the way. But I will just say the short answer is that when you go to, I, I think like whenever you think of the Nile, you think of like this gentle, calm, you know, river and so on flows backwards, blah, blah, blah. So no, at the source of the Nile in Uganda in Jinja, it is not, it is the opposite because obviously so much power has to propel it all the way up the continent. So pretty amazing, powerful rapids down there. And whenever you get to the end of this one part of whitewater rafting, they, they pull to the side and they say, okay, this next one's called the 50-50. 50% of people make it through and 50% don't. And so most of the people get off the boat. And at the time I was like, oh, game on. Like, if this is how I'm going to go, I want to go in the Nile in whitewater rafting. Like if this is what's going to be on my tombstone, what a way to go. So I stayed in, got through. And then, yeah, at the end, when we flipped over several times and everybody had lost their oars and everything, I still had mine. I was clinging on to it because I listened to instructions very, very carefully. And that was the one thing that the instructor said was like, don't let go. And I didn't. 
So yeah, they ended up using my paddle to get us back to the side because I was the only one who had one left, but not because I'm so amazing at it, just because I just listened to instructions very carefully, but yeah, made it through. It's a good reminder for us all to listen very carefully to the instructions of of any activity we're pursuing. And you get to say you're one of the 50% who made it through. So congratulations. They made it. They didn't give me a t-shirt or anything, but I, I did make it through. Sounds like a lost opportunity. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. I think that your concept of work slash life grace and really acknowledging that we shouldn't be embarrassed by bringing our personal lives into the workspace and encouraging our teammates and colleagues to bring their personal interests and passions into the interactions that they have with their colleagues on a day-to-day basis is something that so many of our listeners should feel free to take into their day-to-day lives. And I know I will be practicing that in the future. Thank you so much for taking this time and really appreciate hearing from you. Thanks for having me. I hope I'm also practicing every day. There's still a struggle for us to slap back into the work-life world. So I get it, but I work on it every day. So practice not a perfect. I'm Rachel Morford. For all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Remember to head to we21.swe.org to learn more about and register for this year's conference. 